Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Why does no one care that the world is ending? And what do we do when everything starts to fall apart? These are the questions comedian Alice Sneddon has set out to answer with more bad news. Her documentary comedy series tackling everything from the wealth gap to voting voting rights for prisoners. The latest instalment is a two-part climate special called Bad News Saves the World. And by the way, since we last caught up, season three of the acclaimed TV series Starstruck has been released to great acclaim. I said that. It's claimed. <laughs> Alice co-wrote the show with Rose Matafeo, and she also plays Amelia in that show. We'll get to that as well. Hi, Alice. Hi. How you doing? Good. Nice to see you. Yeah, you too. Um, sad news for everyone in the media industry today, huh? Yeah, it's awful. Yeah. I was genuinely shocked. Yeah. You're one I... of the few people who still has a job in news, Alice. <laughs> I guess that's the case. Maybe because you're specialising in bad news. We're not running <laughs> yeah. out of it. Yeah, I mean, it makes me feel foolish now to be promoting this on this day. But um, No, you've yeah. done a great job on it and you're um, focusing on the important stuff, as you said. Why did you bring it back for just a two-part series? Well, uh, to be honest, climate change, which is what it's about, is a topic I've avoided for a long time. Um and I guess the opportunity came up. We'd, we'd pitched it as a special before just because it is such kind of an all-encompassing big topic. Uh, yeah, and then NZ On Air showed interest in it again. And we were like, okay, let's do it. Let's do it as a two-part special and um, let's tackle it. And I had kind of thought the show was over, to be honest. So I guess that's why it's a special because technically the show is still over. I'm calling it a Christmas special even though. We're past that now. <laughs> a Valentine's Day special. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Mel's listening in Co Cuppa Cuppa. She says, uh, woohoo, I love bad news. Oh, How funny. on earth does Alice manage to make such bleak subject matter so easy to engage with? <laughs> I always learn something, and I love the way she makes her guests laugh and feel comfortable before asking them the brave, tough questions. Oh, that's, that's nice feedback, c- isn't it? Yeah, that's very kind. And does that basically cover the co-pupper of your series? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'd always, and this is a credit, I think, to our director, Leon, and editor, Alex, that I really approach it as having a conversation with someone and then they do the hard work of grafting it into something. Um, But that is the idea. I mean, I'm never trying to be, I'm never trying to like be like, gotcha, you know, I'm just genuinely asking the questions that I'm interested in. And obviously I have a point of view and the point of view is not objective. It's aligned with like my own series of, values. So I'm not coming into these conversations neutral just as a fact-finding mission. You know, I do have an agenda, but the agenda is not to make a fool of anyone or to um, yeah, catch anyone in anything. It's just to, in pursuit of what my values are, which I hope are like justice and fairness. And yeah. Yeah. Did the role come easily to you, asking tough questions? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't think I've ever in my personal life been afraid of confrontation (laughs) or um, hard questions. I was definitely raised in that environment. Like my family, my childhood was littered with um, family group conferences around the dinner table to uh, mediate whatever fight had been happening and to confront them head on. And I can remember even as like a young child, I mean, this story doesn't, you know, 
it doesn't reflect me in a good light, but I can remember arguing about the Springbok tour with my family, who were all very anti-tour, mm. and me as a young 10-year-old arguing. <laughs> You've got to keep politics out of sport, Dad. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. And then my I dad loved I remember finding to... that pretty compelling when I was a kid as <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. I think Muldoon might have said that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then my dad always says, you know, afterwards he congratulated me on how well I argued and I burst into tears about <laughs> how tough it had been. And obviously my politics have changed since that point, but there was def- I definitely grew up in a culture of don't be afraid to speak your mind, yeah. but be prepared for um, whatever's coming your way. I uh, can't believe you're on the wrong side of history with the Springbok tour. <laughs> no. Well, listen, I was 10, all right? <laughs> and I, I, I was um, ferociously argued against by parents who had protested yeah. and siblings who knew better. <laughs> um, tell me about this latest sort of double episode mm-hmm. then. What did you set out to do? So I think the thing about climate change that it always um, – well, there was what my personal opinion was, was that I knew it was a big issue and I knew it was a bad issue and I just disengaged with it kind of entirely. And I felt like at large that was also the response of society is that we'd gone – like it's almost too big to handle. And so I was curious as to why it was that something could be so dire and so bad and yet we managed to – uh, retain a certain amount of apathy. So that was the angle we came in mm. at, of going like, how is it that this um, pressing imminent issue can um, exist and we can ignore it to the nth degree yeah. <laughs> as we do? It's almost a psychological question. It is a psychological question. And, and I did I did pose it to many different people. And, um, you know, James Shaw, I think he made a great point in saying that humans are kind of designed to deal with what feels like the danger in front mm. of us. And the issue with climate change is that the danger is real, but the damage that's causing it, it's not an immediate, um, you know, there's not an immediate consequence right in front of us. The consequence is going to be 50, 100 years from now. Yeah. And I think just intellectually that's quite hard to um, metabolize. And so we're able to kind of kick it down. Like I always liken it to smoking and that like, you know, I used to smoke. I loved it. And a part of the reason that I think I could do it knowing full well what it was going to do to me later was that it didn't happen immediately yeah. from one puff. You know, yeah. it's a. If you knew that every cigarette you had, someone would hit you on the finger with a hammer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> different. Yeah, and I am willing to hire someone to do that. <laughs> if, uh... You talk to a range of experts here. Um, Dave Frame, who's Director of Climate Change Research, mm-hmm. Shambhul Yakub, economist, Wayne Langford, uh, Federated Farmers, and Rose Matafeo, comedian. <laughs> yes. Yeah, How I thought it she... was really important to get her take and perspective on this issue. <laughs> How did she make the cut and what did she contribute to the show? I mean, the show's always been formatted to ideally have somebody be funny in it with yeah. me as well so that you can um, take in the information without... Um, wanting to end it all <laughs> and Rose was in town and she's a great friend of mine and she'd been on one of our first episodes ever in like the first back series we did on um, beneficiaries and tax evasion and the dialogue around that so I thought it was quite nice that if it is the last ever episode that she kind of bookends the series and then just kind of to make fun of her I'm like well she's a person who internationally travels a lot yeah so what's her responsibility in this and you know I'm pointing the finger at her but I'm also culpable yeah. in the same way um, um, but it's great to have her on board uh, and you asked the tough questions of Fonterra's sustainable mm-hmm. dairying change manager how did that conversation go 
Yeah, it was interesting. I mean, one of the reasons why I didn't want to keep doing bad news anymore is because I felt like the older I got, the more compassionate I got towards anyone I was talking to. And you kind of see the whole of a person. So it's a lot harder to... I guess, point the finger at them mm. and go... It would be easier if you thought they were evil. Yeah, exactly. But I think, you know, you, you as you get older, you sh- see the shades of grey. So I, all I can say is that, that him in his position, I think what that represents is a negative to me. I feel like that organisation is um, profiteering to our detriment and not just to society's detriment as a whole in New Zealand, but also the farmers who are working under that. And so I can't, that's not a reflection on the person in that role, but the institution that they're working for. And so the conversation itself was good. I mean, I felt like, um, felt like he was up for answering the questions and, you know, it's harder and harder to get people on the show. So when anyone's prepared to front up to what they're actually doing, you know, I've got to give them Mm. props and merit for that. But fundamentally, we disagree. (laughs) After meeting all these experts, have you been moved to change anything in your own life? Yeah, it's a good question. I've definitely become more cognizant of what I'm doing. Honestly, the big thing that I uh, (laughs) I haven't actioned yet to a full extent, but that I want to is... Uh, more conscious buying of food. I think that's the thing that's become like the the clearest thing in a New Zealand context to change. Uh, given that agriculture is fifty percent of our emissions, and um, it feels like that as an individual, that's where I can have the biggest impact of thinking about how I'm consuming dairy. If I should be consuming it at all, that's a huge proportion of our. Um, emissions. Uh, if you are going to consume dairy, consciously consuming it, knowing how how it's grown, what land it's being grown on, um, or the cows are being pasteurized on, all of that sort of stuff. Like being, yeah, just being aware of where your food comes from, I think, because it's become clear through doing this to me that the government's not going to do anything about this. Uh, and so really the only way to kind of put pressure on these organizations is as a consumer. So using your consumer power, I think, is a, is a possible way through this uh, potential collapse of society. Yeah. I'm talking to Alice Snedden about her latest uh, episodes of Bad News. Congratulations on Starstruck. Thank you. What a great show. Oh, thanks. So yeah. good. I like it too. So full of heart and yeah. so many lols. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. good fun. I loved doing that show. And the third season, Rose and I got to co-direct it together as well. So that was great. We got to have lots of um, great moments and huge fights and yeah. <laughs> just the whole raft of experience. Yeah. yeah, must feel like a dream come true to have a decent budget behind one of your comedy ideas and for yeah. it to be a success and, and really an international success. Yeah, it's bizarre. In some ways, it feels like I'm living in two different worlds where I feel like no one in New Zealand really knows about it. But internationally, it's done really well. You know, it's sold to like over 90 countries or something like that. So, yeah, it feels um, bizarre is really the only word for it. But it's awesome to have something out there that is um, watched by people that you're proud of, Mm. you know. Uh, And that's really a credit to Rose and Nick Sampson, who also wrote it with us, and all of the producers who worked on it, that there was – it was really a good feeling. It was – a great experience and you know that's the dream when you can have a work experience that you actually enjoyed and then the product kind of 
matches that and feels like it's a true reflection of it. Great ending too. I yeah. had no idea which way it was going to oh, go. Really? Yeah, oh, really? Oh, good. So yeah. Oh, my God. We had so much fun writing that. Going into that third series, we were like, the only way we want to do it, and this is a spoiler for anyone. Uh, yeah, do you want to maybe not give them the spoiler? Well, yeah, sure. Okay, I won't give them the spoiler. But the, the way spoiler. it ended. The way it ended. It was we always like, going to end that way? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We were like, if we're going to do a third series, we have to do it that way. Mm. Because I just think it's such a nice message. Yeah, <laughs> I think so too. Yeah, I mean, so I, that's the intention behind it, is how can we make this feel lovely and... Um, What's next yeah. for you? Uh, I'm here. I'm doing uh, the New Zealand Comedy Festival coming up in May. Stand up? Stand up, Great. yep. So um, I'm in the country until May, and then I'm back off to England, uh, stand up over there, wow. pursuing more TV stuff, do the Edinburgh Fringe. But yeah, while I'm here in New Zealand, you can find tickets to see me basically anywhere. I'm a, a friend referred to me recently as a gig pig. <laughs> so that's what I am. <laughs> um, and this is, uh, well, Bad News Part 1 came out yesterday. Yes. And Part 2 comes out tomorrow midday. That's right. And that's on the spinoff. Nice to see you. Yeah, nice to see you too. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.